Therefore, behold, I am sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, so that upon you may fall the guilt of all the righteous blood shed on earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Let us pray. Father, we come before you. And needing more grace and more mercy than ever before. Father, as we stand here, as we come to hear you and what you have to say, we want to see exactly what you have to show us in this scripture and not by any man's opinions or abilities. So, Father, we pray that you would make your presence known in a, a way that everyone here would tremble at your presence. Help us, Lord, to, to be willing to humble ourselves before you May you shake this building, Lord, in your holy presence. That you shake our lives, Lord, that makes us see. Have mercy upon us, Lord, by revealing yourself to us in a, in a powerful way. So, Father, show us your heart. Show us the love that you have endured, that you have given. And the promises kept. Help us, Lord, to truly seek you with all that we are, that we may examine ourselves as Scripture always commands us to do so. Do the work that only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reading of Scripture, we will continue here in the 37th verse. Please stand with me to read God's word. It's the last three verses of chapter 23. It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I want it to gather you, gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks and under her wings, and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. I say to you, from now on you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. So what we have been going through in Matthew 23 is that it's really Jesus revealing the heart of the Pharisees and the title to the sermon today is easily is the, uh, the heart of the matter. And the heart of the matter is what's going to be our driving point today and it should be our driving point forevermore because we will see the willing heart of Jesus, the matter of the willing heart of Jesus. We will see the matter of the unwilling heart of the leaders and the false prophets and even those that reject Christ. 
we will see the, the matter of the unchanged heart of the people. So when we look at this, as Pastor Ben has been going through the scriptures with us and unpacking these woes that we had in chapter 23, all of chapter 23, he's, Christ has been bringing out the, the, the heart of the people which were dead and full of dead men's bones. The heart of the people were all about themselves. It was all about their, their pride. It was all about their knowledge. It was all about everything but the heart of the matter of Christ. And we, we look at this and we need to dig into it in such a way that we would examine our hearts and see what our motive is or what we, why we do what we do or why do we not do what we don't want to do. And so it is the mercy of God that says and all these woes that we had, you, you see the the direct condemnation of Christ, and, he, and, he, and he's given it to him very strict and very hard and, and, and anger in that sense. And when you think about God's emotion, it's not like our emotions, okay? Our emotions, we could be a wreck. God is not a wreck. You know, he equally uh, 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 gives uh, his, his emotions. When you uh, think about God's emotions, it's equal across the table. And so we see the the heart of the matter is that they miss the heart of the matter. Uh, these Pharisees, the people that uh, believed themselves to, to be Christian, these people believed themselves to be the leaders of the people in the nation Jerusalem, when you think about them, they were all about greediness. They were all about pride. They were all about being famous. They were The real source of their pollution is that they couldn't escape God's anger. And the fact that we have to examine ourselves by Scripture and only by Scripture, not other people's opinion, we have to look at the heart of our heart and our matter, what we are about. The world will know us by our fruit. And if our heart has been changed by the power of God, we will be, be producing fruit, amen? And it's only by the power of God, but if we see here that when he gets down to the point, he's pressing and pressing and pressing it, and it tells them, how can you escape the powers of hell? How can you escape the wrath of God when you're fakeness, when you're, uh, you're a hypocrite? He had very nice names to say to them. He called them vipers, blind gods, fools, blind men, serpents. How can you escape the sentence of hell? They made up so many rules as that they they left out God in the middle of They had a form of religion, but denied the power thereof. I'm going to tell you and how this would apply to us today, that we are people to believe in the doctrines of grace. Amen? And we, we hold to that. We praise the Lord for that. But we could get so wrapped up in the doctrines of grace and want to uh, battle of the doctrines of grace, and that's all we do is talk about the doctrines of grace, and we don't even show the people the love of Christ. Amen? We have to, we have to guard ourselves here. It's not about arguments. There's a major switch. There's a major change right here. When we see Jesus and this his heart being revealed unto us, we believe that it takes the power of God to change a man. Amen. We still believe that. We also 
believe it takes the power of God to change a man's will. We also know that man would be responsible where that lies at. So when we look at these woes, we see this condemnation just building up, building up, building up. I do want to point out three things. Three things right here in the scripture that we have today, 37 through 39. I want you to understand there's uh, three exclamation marks. That means you just don't read it. You proclaim it. Amen? You exclaim it. You, you bring it home how, how Jesus was bringing Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem! We see the heart of God right here. Amen? We see the heart of the matter. Jesus was building His heart unto people like us is that He loves His people. And He provided every way for them. But yet, they were not willing. So, look at Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Look at the heart of Christ. Now I want you to lay aside your doctrine right now. Because I don't want that getting in the way today. I want you to think about the love of Christ. Now, I'm not saying always lay, throw away your doctrine. I'm not saying that. It has its place. But I want you to think about the love of Christ without having to tread through all the doctrine that you have learned. I want you just to look at the uh, unadulterated, uh, uh, the power of the love of Christ. He is willing to save us. He is willing to come to us. Matter of fact, He did come to us, and He came to them. It was the willingness of the matter. It was the willingness of the heart of God that He loved us. Now just ponder right there. Just stay right there for a while because we run all through that because we want to argue about doctrine. And it has its place. Believe me. It has its place. But we can make doctrine an idol. We can make arguments an idol. We can make everything an idol. But here, think about the love of God. Think about the love of God to the believer. That reality of Romans 5, 5, for the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. And the fruit of the Spirit is going to be coming out of that. We see that this mournful heart of Christ, after this long outburst of anger, to the Pharisees, Jesus grieves for Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, ask yourself, when the last time you grieved for the lost? When's the, when's the last time you wrestled with God for somebody in your family? When's the last time you showed your heart, our heart, and our willingness to seek the Lord? He has been condemning the hypocrisy of the leaders. But at the same time, you see him telling, revealing his heart, a mournful heart of Christ. Now, there's so many things that pop in my head when I see this and, and want to say that Jesus is not begging and all this other stuff because I hold to a certain doctrine and everything else. But even today, I am going to set that aside. The question is that we have today, right now, is are we our lover of Christ? We may believe differently in a couple things. There are primary things that we cannot agree to agree or disagree, right? But there are secondary things that can be put aside. 
Let not these things get in our way of loving Christ. Our goal, our, our whole object of what we are to be about, what we are to love is Him. And He shows us right here, we see the, the, the outburst of this, the grieves the Holy Spirit, the grieve the lamenting of the cry, lamenting of Christ, the heart cry of God. The heart cry of the Almighty God is for the lost right here. His people, his remnant that will be coming the day they profess. But his tender mercies, tender mercies. We see that God loves us so much that we forget to love him. We forget to love Him because of our way that we properly want to thank. Let it not be so for us. We see the mournful heart of Christ. His heart cried, tender mercies. After all that pounding of woe to you, He says here, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem. You want to break this verse in two, two pieces, so I'm not going to hit on the part who kills the prophets. I'm not going to do that yet. I'll go back to that up in the next part when we see that the, the matter of the unwilling heart of the leaders. But right now, I just want to focus on the heart of Jesus sending prophets, sending people, writing a Bible, writing a Bible. When's the last time you thought about the Bible being most wonderful gift that a person can ever get, receive, because it led them to salvation. God uses His Word, His Word alone. Now again, you hear me say a lot of times that we don't worship the Bible, but isn't it great that God's had a heart enough for us to send us a Bible that we He may tell us about His love for himself, for his son. In the middle of that is Romans 5, 5. For the love of God. He loved us. He really did love us. He loved us enough to send people. He loved us enough to, uh, uh, to send prophets. He loved us enough to give us the Old Testament and the New Testament. He loved us enough to, to have Christ uh, in the beginning, Right? Christ was in the beginning. The Word was in the beginning. The same was with God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. Who is that? That is our Creator God. That is Jesus Christ, our King. We need to behold His glory today. Amen? We need to think about the Jesus stepping off the throne and coming down and, 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 and uh, uh, providing salvation to us to the cross, the gift of salvation, the gift of the cross. It's not about Satan Claus, amen? It's about God and all His glory and all His splendor that He did upon the cross for us that we may go free. And we are free indeed. Free to serve and to worship and to glorify Him. Amen? And so we are to look at this and, and look at the compassion. We go on. The compassion, the sovereignty of God, the forgiving God, the truthful God. He never compromised any of this. He sent prophets to tell us about it. 
He sent people to your door to tell you about it. He sent people to give out tracts to put in your hand to tell you about the love of Christ. And it's to be in balance, yes. He had to pay the penalty for us because we sinned against him. He's a good judge. He's a perfect judge. Praise the Lord, he's an immutable judge. He changes not. But look at what he says. He goes on. I'm sending you prophets and wise men and scribes. I'm sending you these people. I'm sending you people that be able to tell you about the love of Christ. That there is a God and he's on the throne. That there is a God that, that is compassionate. It is a God that has a, a love uh, that we can't comprehend to the extent of how it is with him. We know it's agape love. But his love and our love is kind of different in a sense because we get crazy with ours. But when we look at Christ, man, what's it? I mean, how long have we? How long do you stay here? I say we stay here a long time, but we will go on. But the point is, is that, man, I, I love doctrine, and it's not bad necessarily. It can be, but when you think about God stepping on the off the throne, sending His Son to pay that penalty in full. We see the compassionate heart of Jesus. It was compassion that he had here. He compassion to righteousness and holiness and uh, oppressing the, the, the poor and putting all these weights on them and, and they not even willing to do anything themselves. Here's how you do it. You know, you do, 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 and do. I'm not going to help you with that. God knows our heart. Amen. He knows our heart. He knows uh, uh, what we're about. He knows really what we are, are wanting. But look at the compassionate heart of Jesus is how often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathered her chicks under her wings. How often I wanted to do that. We see the compassion of Christ here. And it gives a picture. One commentator gave it like this. Is that a hen... We gather her chicks if it was a storm, if it was a fire, or whatever it may be, any kind of danger that was around him, gathered the chicks under her wings. In one, he gave an instance of a fire that the, the hen had gathered the chicks under her wings, and a fire came, and the hen was willing to die, and did die, for the chicks. Lifted up the dead bird, the roasted bird in that sense, and the chicks came out from underneath. Jesus went all the way to the cross. He is the God of protection. He wants to offer us protection. Don't forget God is on the throne. Don't forget he's the one in control of all things. Don't forget he cares for you. Don't forget that he loves for loves you. It is the heart of the matter that Jesus Christ has a love for us. Amen. I haven't gotten over that yet. Amen. He loves me. Wow. And I would ask you, do you know what I've done? No, but he does. And that's just amazing that he would love somebody like me. But he offers protection to those that feel wounded and outcast and lonely and afraid. You know, Jesus offers that up today. And we see that Jesus being willing, even this day, to bring you in, 
to nurture you up the way that you should go. Amen. The question as we continue to go through the scriptures here today is that, do I have a willing spirit about me or an unwilling spirit about me? It's always in the scales. It's always in the scales when you look at scripture. So we just looked at the willingness of God that he would come down and save people like us. That's wonderful. What a gift. No gift under any tree would equal or come close to us just meditating and thinking about the mercies of God that he came, he, he, he came and did these things. He had holy men of God write the Bible, right, that we may have it, that we unfold in, in our hand the words of God and, and we see his mercy, his grace, his judgment, his righteousness. He doesn't throw one out for the other. He makes way. So we see that going back to 37 and B, say, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. And he sends all these things. He sends all these people in your family. Every time that somebody has witnessed to you, right, he sent those people to tell you about Christ. Every time you either received him or you rejected them. Every time you got frustrated and, and with the unwilling spirit, you can have the doctrines of grace. I'll pick on uh, that for a little bit still yet because I can have the doctrines of grace and be unwilling to serve. I can have the doctrines of grace and unwilling, unwilling to talk about Christ to somebody who's lost. I can have, the doc I can have the, all the right doctrines and miss God. Amen. And so when, you, when, we, we, when we think about the love of Christ, the love of Jesus, what it is, only his loved ones know. It's the love of Christ that has us here. It's the mercy of Christ, the compassion of Christ. It's, it's this, the heart of Christ that he mourns for the people that he supplied all these things to. He gave them everything they needed. And he said, they said it wasn't good enough. Let's add to them. He gave them everything they needed. And they left their heart out of it. They killed the prophets all the way from Abel all the way through to Zechariah all the way to where he will be, they will be, in verse 34 it says, Therefore behold, I will send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of them you will kill, and crucify, and some of them you will scourge in the synagogues and persecute them city to city. Now you think about the false heart, it's made up of human rules, has more view of the human made, uh, hand, uh, uh, man made rules than in trying to equal it out to the authority of, of God's laws. They told people to obey the rules, but they did not do them themselves. You know, you think about the Christian. We represent Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And without words, the, the world should know that if we have a true heart, a lover of Christ, or we have a false heart, it's just religion. They should know that just by looking at us and seeing what comes out of that comes out uh, of who we are and help us to see that 
it's the mercy of God that we don't throw away things that are important, but to dwell and to rest and to enjoy the love of Jesus. And, and I'm not saying go tell somebody that Jesus loves you. That's not the right place to start. I am saying that it's the love of Jesus that I don't want you to suffer the wrath of God. This is why we go. This is why Jesus sins. This is mercy. And so we see that they thought more of their uh, laws than they did of Christ. A stubborn heart. See, we can be a child of God and still have a stubborn heart. We can, instead of saying, I, I will do something, I, the first thing that comes to my, our minds, I will not. Amen? That, that's the truth. There's times that because I don't want to come out of my convenience zone or my protected zone, I don't want to go into these places. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't care if you die to go to hell because I believe in doctrines of grace. Nobody's in, somebody's out. I, that's the wrong attitude about the doctrines of grace, amen? It's the love of God that causes us to believe in the doctrines of grace. It's grace, it's God's uh, uh, mercy upon us. God riches at Christ's expense. It's the mercy of God that shows us uh, who God is in this stubborn heart. Sometimes we need to be called you blind fool. You stubborn hearted. You hard hearted. You religious guy. Sometimes we need that to wake us up and say, man, I'm holding, I'm being really hard right here. Even though the world does, may not see it, but it's my attitude. On how I'm going to love Christ or not. It's my attitude of how we look at people that are lost. It's the attitude that of a stubborn heart that leads to a rejecting heart. A rejecting heart of the false teachers. I just read the scripture on verse 34. They were unwilling. They were unwilling to to meet Jesus and to agree with Jesus, Jesus to say, Thou art the man. Amen. If those things, if Jesus came today and listened to those things and pointed to you, would you be willing to say, Thou art the man, Lord? I have a form of religion, but I deny the power thereof. I have all the doctrines laid out right here, but I really don't love. Lord, you are talking to me. Am I willing to do that, or am I stubborn in rejecting the, uh, the truth about God's word? Because today we don't leave neutral. We never have and never will. Either God's word is true and you are grown hard to him and you're rejecting his truth or you're willing to say, Lord, it is I. I have a hard heart, stubborn heart, an unwilling heart to go about. Could you imagine this being to you? And I think you here for just a minute. Could you imagine this? Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to you, how I wanted to gather you, you gather your children together, the way a hen gathers the chicks and under her wings, and you were unwilling. Could you imagine hearing that today? Maybe you are hearing that today. You are more of the unwilling side than you are of the willing side. Amen? We see the power of God. You are unwilling. I can't, let us tremble at the thought. 
We were unwilling to receive the love of Christ. We were unwilling to receive the, the, the love that Jesus had to point out our unholiness. We were unwilling to repent and put our trust in Him. We were unwilling to hear or to see what God has for us. We, they were unwilling. They preferred really to just to nail Him to the cross versus to conform to Him. So we <coughs> look at these things and rejoice in this he that worketh in me both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. That is a born again Christian that sometimes can, can be stubborn. Sometimes can be rejecting truth when God is pointing it out to him left and right all the time saying, you, you're doing this. You're saying this, but you're doing that. You say you love me, but you don't obey me. You say you love me, but you're not going to follow me. Are you doing that? Or are you just lost? Because it comes down to two people today. The willing, made willing by Christ, or the unwilling, that we will not adhere to Christ. So we've seen the willing heart of Jesus, the unwilling heart of the leaders of Jerusalem. Now we look at the matter of the unchanged heart of the people. This is terrifying. Verse 38 says, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. And I'll just read it all right now. So, for I say to you, from now on, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We see the pronouncing, the prediction, and the profession. Your house has become desolate, empty. God has withdrawn. It's devoid of the power of God and God's presence. When's the last time? that we have truly experienced God's presence. And I asked myself as I was looking at this right here, and, and I don't like the answer that I've come up with. The presence of the Almighty God. When's the last time that we were at His feet? Pleading for the lost pleading that we believe there is a God and we're at the feet of God, pleading that it, our, our words would not, this, these words would not be to us right here because it says, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate, empty, void of the presence of God. How many times have, was it through your life that God used people to come to you and speak to you about the truth and you said no. There comes a time where Christ will say no more. Can you imagine a life without Christ? When Jesus leaves the temple in chapter 24, the presence was gone. The presence of God was gone. 
Now, how is it with you? How is it with us? Do I, do I actually know what the presence of God is? Is that it's been so long, I feel like I'm in a desert. I don't even know what that is anymore. But we have to examine ourselves because if we want God and His presence upon our lives, not just outwardly, but inwardly, that we, we would be on our face right now, pleading, Lord, don't leave me. Don't take thy Holy Spirit from me, O oh God. As the psalmist pleads in these things, may even have a, this uh, verse may even have a, a background or alluding to Jeremiah 12, 7. The nation's sin has been sealed by their punishment. The presence of God has left the temple. When Jesus came, God himself stood in the temple. And now we're the temple of God if we have, the, if we have the God dwelling in us. Amen. We don't go to a place. We, we are the temple of God. We, we love the people of God and, and all these things we do because we're lovers of Christ. It's the mercy of God that have shown us these things. But I tell you about the person that says uh, that these words go out to, Behold, your house is being left desolate, empty, ruined. And all they have to proclaim is I'm a Christian. That's all they have. They're dried up. Are you dried up today? Am I dried up today? I mean, what is your, your, your level of presence of God in your life? I mean, do we want Him? I mean, when, how, how long have you spent in prayer? Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your presence. Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, help me to understand your Scripture. And He says to them, Jesus departed. Is the departure of God. It says, you will not see me, as the prediction here. Now listen to this. For I say to you, from now on you will not see me. Jesus will leave and soon be crucified. Not to be seen again by these who have rejected him. Did, could you imagine? Could you imagine that hearing those words, you will not see me, you will not hear from me ever again. I mean, I, I, I tremble at the thought. It's the mercy of God. God do, doesn't owe you anything. You have many people standing in the pulpit saying God has to, has to draw you. He's not under obligation to anything. Amen? He doesn't have to save anything, but He does. And it's His love for us. But you will not see me. And these people whom He is speaking to, 40 years later, 70 A.D., the temple was in literally destroyed. Brother Chris is going to be going through chapter 24, and I'll let him deal with that further in that area. A lot of different views there. And so, but it really comes down to, listen to this. It says this in verse, uh, uh, the last verse right here. You will not see me, him again. You will not see him until, 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 until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They profess, till you make a profession, you will not see God. Amen? But and with these people right here, 
until they say that. They're going to say that, and it doesn't mean these people right here are sealed. Uh, uh, in a sense, God always keeps a remnant, always keeps a remnant. He is the promise keeper, amen? He will never leave you nor forsake you. We do that damage. Blessed. I mean, you think about salvation. Yes, it's, it's a picture of the, the Psalm uh, 118, uh, verse 26. It's also a picture of the first of the week that we have when Hosanna, Hosanna, uh, blesses the man who comes in the name of the Lord. And now here it is again. Until, you, until this name, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now I thought about my salvation at this time. And thinking about when I said these words. When I said these words, when I said, blessed is he to come in the name of the Lord. He's blessed, I'm blessed. Why? Because he has revealed himself to me. Because he loves somebody like me. Blessed? Blessed? He also says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he also says, I will share my glory with no one. No one. You can't worship God in something else. You're either all in or you're all out. You're either willing or you're unwilling. You're either stubborn or you are humbled before this God. He sent you this message, me, this message to me, sent this message to you. This it will not return void. But help us to see our hearts. It's the matter of the heart. I just want to read something that Paul Tripp put out. There's a couple things. You just bear with me a little longer. We're often willing to do what God says if it doesn't make sense to us. Unwilling, excuse me. And he gives a list of the unwilling and the willing. We're unwilling to wait. We're unwilling to be open and honest. We're unwilling to speak about our wrongful thoughts and desires. We're unwilling to admit we're wrong. But Jesus was willing. Jesus was willing. Listen. J listen. Jesus was willing to step off the throne and set his glory aside. Jesus was willing to take on flesh. But we have that wonderful gift at this time of year that Jesus took on flesh. God himself took on flesh. He was willing to walk this life and the more he preached, the more people hated him. And some loved him. He was willing to persecute, be persecuted by all these things. All these people by just speaking truth. He was willing to be rejected by us. He was willing to be a public mockery, nailed to the cross. He was willing to go to the cross. He was willing. Did you hear that? The Bible tells us to pick up our cross and follow Him. Are we willing to do that? Because that's not a pretty picture. That's like in Isaiah, I want you to preach, but nobody's going to be converted. But preach. <laughs> the obligation is there. You keep preaching, you keep looking, and you look at Christ. He was willing to die. He was willing 
are you? To pick up your cross and to follow Him We say that we are. We say that we are willing to pick up our cross and follow Him. If we're not careful, we look just like these people that He nails out and calls them, you snakes, you vipers. Are we willing to put our life aside to honor Him? But do keep in mind, right now, He is willing. Right now, He's willing to receive you. On your very worst of days, or your very angry days, or your most miserable days, right right now, He says, if you come to me, I will not put you out. Did you see the heart of Christ at the beginning of this? Why will you not come? Do not blame it on your doctrine. You blame it on yourself if you're being, if you're rejecting Christ this very day. It'll be you that will pay the penalty for that and forevermore pay. He is willing. Are you? Are you willing right now to say, Lord, without you, I could do nothing. Lord, without you, I, I, I need this stony heart broken and shattered. Lord, I need a new heart. I need my will to be changed, Lord, to honor you in three quarters of my life. I need the other quarter. No, all of it, or you're all in, or you're all out. What a wonderful gift of salvation that's been exposed in this. But it goes on until, until they will make a profession. Exactly what that looks like, Well, We'll leave that to the Lord. But you think about the willingness of Christ to come to us, to offer Himself willingly to suffer His Father's wrath. What a gift that we have. And I'm not talking about any presents that you buy for somebody else for somebody else's birthday. If we celebrate Christ's birthdays, His birthday, He's the one who gets the presents. Amen? <laughs> I mean, it just makes sense. But let us be completely satisfied or completely troubled. I say that in such a way that He that began to work will finish it. But remember this season as we go through these times and we, we see these hard things and then you just turn around and see the heart cry of Jesus Christ. And He's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. That's not just a salvation thing. That's you getting your focus right. That's us looking at our hard heart, our rejecting heart, our ill will, our unwilling heart. And look and say, Lord, I need help here. Lord, I need help in such a way that only you can do it. It's you that has pointed these things out to me, Lord. It's you that shows me that, Lord, without you I can do nothing. I could really mess up a whole lot of things. So it's the work of Christ that we're able to rejoice 
in this very day. And I pray that this season, that we may see the, the heart of the matter is the love of Christ, which caused them to mourn, to sin, and we see his great compassion. We see the matter of the unwilling heart that actually brings these pronounces, pronouncements on us. Are you dried up? Do you know the Lord? Are you experiencing His presence? Or is He speaking to you? Don't leave another day. Humble yourself before this God. Call upon Him. Lord, show me my sin. And He will do that. And then He'll continue to draw you in. To protect you. From yourself. Protect you from all these things. So let these things be an examination unto us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your great mercy and grace. And Lord, as we examine ourselves by your scripture, as we look upon these things, Lord, let us find great peace and comfort in you. And Lord, we just pray that you would please show us if there's any sin in our lives. Anything, Lord, that would dishonor you. So as we think about your presence, Lord. Do I have your presence? Can the world see my love for you? is deeper than any outside appearance. Am I captivated by your love? Looking upon you, rejoicing in you. Just in awe that you would love somebody like us, like me. Lord, help us. As we seek your face this day, in Jesus' name. Amen.